Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Sinead Horror Podcast, a place where you connect with your heart, connect with your angels, where you raise your vibration and become the best version of you. Today I am joined by James Deegan, a transformational healer, a mentor, a shaman, and we are about to embark on such an amazing, amazing conversation as we talk about karmic connections, as we talk about ancestral healing, as we talk about soul retrieval and what it's like working in the shadow and light. As you are a regular listener here on the Sinead Horror podcast, you know that I work very much so in the light, really working with angels and seeing angels my whole life. And today we're taking another spin on what a healer, a shaman and what James' mission is here on earth as he really works with the shadow energy and he uses terminology that uh, that I wouldn't necessarily use and would have always felt uncomfortable with until today because as he explains what the shadow energy is like oh my goodness me it has really healed a fear within me and now I know it's just love it's all love so stay tuned have a listen it is such a beautiful conversation as we also talk about family dynamics and how to really stand in your light stand in your power even in a dynamic that might feel restrictive to you at times we also talk about trauma and how to navigate the worlds between the spiritual and the human existence like i said it really is a gorgeous conversation enjoy james you're so welcome to the sinead of horror podcast how are you doing today i'm doing very well sinead thank you for having me it's it's a pleasure to get on here and, and have a conversation with you i i have to say i feel the energy is just buzzing in my back at the minute. I know we had a quick chat before we started recording and mm. I'm so excited to where this is going to take us. I kind of have an idea, but I also haven't a clue and I love that. I can't wait <laughs> to be surprised by whatever whatever wants to come out and come through. Before we even go deep, I'd love to just hear a little bit about who you are. For those that don't know, maybe you're in, being introduced to you for the first time. Tell us a little bit mm. about your work and how you help and serve your community. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. So my name is James Deegan, I'm 37, I'm a father of three, I'm in a relationship and the primary work that I do is I work as a shamanic healer and a coach. The people who come to see me are usually people who have a very low self-worth, no confidence, no self-love, very poor boundaries and really struggle to maintain healthy relationships, really struggle to find joy in their careers. I also have people on the other end of the spectrum who be very financially successful, very wealthy people, CEOs of businesses that um, regardless of anything they've achieved in life, they still feel empty within themselves because they still feel like they're not enough. And that's primarily the work that I do is resolving childhood trauma and all sorts of trauma throughout a person's life. So it's not only childhood, it can be stuff that happened to them in the workplace. It can be car crashes, it can be uh, hospitalizations. And a lot of the work I also uh, tune into is karma, as in when I'm doing sessions with people, past life karmas can present themselves that the person needs to hand back and have resolved. And also ancestral karmas is other energies that I also work with when I'm, uh, people come through my process. And I usually finish off the process with a soul retrieval, which is kind of different to how other shamans do it. Sometimes you can go to see a shaman and you can have a soul, uh, soul retrieval straight away where I clear all the trauma and the karma first, and then I call back all parts of the soul that have splintered up as a result of the trauma. And throughout my process, I guide people, I coach them, I'm mentoring them on the, the changes they need to make in their life, because when you go through trauma, 
you have a very low sense of self, you have a very unhealthy mindset, and you're stuck in arrested development, which is you're stuck in this boy or girl like state emotionally. And you see the world through a very negative filter and you don't really see the world as it is. Obviously, we never nobody ever does. We see the world as we are. But because of this unhealthy mindset and a very negative relationship with the self and feeling like we're not enough, we make a lot of decisions and choices out of those energies and we create a life for ourselves. But primarily the life that we actually create is built out of fear and uh, and safety. And I, built out of fear, safety and security, which is almost something like survival instead of thriving, instead of what's actually they would love and desire for their authentic selves. So you have to really help people. Well, I have to help people navigate uh, through the healing process, how to, because uh, essentially, you know yourself, when you're cleared new energies, new energy wants to come in to replace these energies. I mean, all change comes fear, and a lot of people need a lot of guidance and support through that process. So essentially, that is, that's the work that I have done. Before that, I used to work as a carer for the elderly. I'd done that for nearly eight years. And then I worked in the drug detox unit for two years. So it was, it was always, I always worked with people mm. um, most of my other life. You're a true healer and my ears have peaked anyway. You've said a few things that I am so honing in on. I'm very excited. One thing you just said a second ago and I absolutely loved it is that you don't see the world through anything else but your own eyes and how you are. And that is so mm -hmm. powerful in itself. I'd love to circle back to what you said a second ago about, and we're going to go into all three because I just love these topics of, as you said, karmic relations, ancestry healing and soul retrievals. For anyone that doesn't know, let's can we talk about it? Let's go into how that session would work, or even can you give examples of beautiful experiences that you've had to help people through karmic releases and ancestral healing and soul retrieval? Because mm. ooh, I think we all need a bit of this, right? <laughs> the karmic stuff is really, really interesting because like I have I've had clients come into me and they've had situations in this life that you could that just nothing in this life added up to what so essentially nothing nothing in this lifetime added up to what you were going through energetically like we all know that like we we manifest every day through our thoughts and feelings but these situations were not really in alignment with this person's path and i don't really obviously i'm very you know i can't really give identities here like, i don't want to go i'm trying to basically filter how much because i don't i'm talking about people's sessions essentially here and obviously these can, are real people. I can actually give you a good example of something recently that I went through, which is a brilliant example of this. Not to mm. cut you off, because I really do want to hear more about it. But I um my husband and I were on a fertility journey for a few years. And I and again, before I even tell the story, this was our experience and my journey. Mm -hmm. This does not mean it's yours if you are on a fertility journey. But I was on it anyway, and about about five years ago, I started having chronic pain in my right shoulder to the point where I couldn't actually reach up to get a glass. I couldn't even move my shoulder. And I went to a shaman in Wexford somewhere. I can't even remember where it was. I went to a shaman anyway, because I knew that this energy wasn't mine. I knew it wasn't mm. mine. I knew this was nothing physical because I've been to physios. I was doing my own healing on it myself. And I was like, it's emotion, but it's not mine. I need someone to help me with it. So I sat there knowing what I know and I said nothing and it came through that um, there was an, a woman there from my mum's lineage from, I mean, mm. early 1800s. This is going back way back when. And she um, had a lot of trauma with pregnancy and delivery where she could never mm. carry a baby to full term and mm -hmm. therefore, you know, continue the lineage that she wished. So she was latched on to me as an ancestor mm -hmm. of mine until a baby would come through. So I had to do a lot of work with her and kind of put my foot down. She's still there, by the way, because I'm actually, I don't know if you know, I'm four, four and a half months pregnant. 
But uh, Congratulations. She, thank you. It's a long journey. There's more to this story. But she mm-hmm. is still there. But I had to do a lot of work with her to get her to lighten up her energy. And I was like, you can stay. Yeah. You can watch this lineage happen. But you need to really be in the light, not the shadow here. So mm-hmm. with that, I had to do a lot of deep cleaning, a lot of deep work. And I m- can move my arm, my full mobility back in my arm. Brilliant. And yeah. she's getting lighter and lighter and lighter as I feel that. But on another side of things, really going through, I've, you went, like, as you talk about karmic energies and soul retrieval as well, I actually had another reading with someone who I love dearly. And this was about a year ago, I reckon, about a year ago. It was actually, sorry, it was the middle of, what year are we now? Middle of 2023. And she said, Sinead, you are going to be pregnant by Christmas 2023 because on your 35th birthday, which was last year, your 35th birthday, your karmic period had changed. And what happened, mm. this is putting it out there. I've never shared this with anyone before, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. But she said to me that at the time of Jesus, I was a follower of that light. And if this was not, I was in, apparently in one of my lives, I was in Italy and this was not seen as a good thing. And I was crucified but upside down and, and like, tied by the waist. And she was like, mm. that would have affected your fertility until your 35th birthday when your karmic energy has changed, which is why you're going to be pregnant by Christmas 2023. Mm. Now, I've never shared that with anyone before, ever. But And she didn't know me. Like, she didn't know. I didn't give her my name. She didn't know anything about me. Mm. She This is all through audio, so I wasn't even talking to her. And this is Mm. all true. Sorry, a WhatsApp audio note. But when she said that, I was like, oh, there's so much power in that. And it's I can really feel that that's truth, Mm. even though it's very hard to wrap your head around that. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Oh, that's it's amazing, and that's actually given me some food for thought. So obviously, we just don't, we could, we don't know at all, and there's so many different dimensions and um, avenues that I have haven't got awareness of. Like there's fields of interest that you probably know a lot of, and vice versa that I would and you wouldn't. But with this actually situation, this girl believed that she was being followed by specific people in this life, completely like really really paranoid about it. And when I tuned in and done the healing it brought me back to a past life of her torturing all these souls all these people in this specific lifetime mocking them making fun of them and really giving them a bad time and essentially they she passed then had never forgave herself they'd never forgiven her therefore karma is created and she brought that karma into this life to work on it and now she's having this experience this a massive emotional and mental experience of these people following her even though they really weren't she just kept kept having these these thoughts, and then I was when I done the healing, it showed me exactly what was going on. This is karma for her, and this is why she's suffering. But it's okay to resolve it. But one of the most recent ones, the most powerful ones that I actually got to see, I was in a one-on-one session recently, and I was working with a client. Like this was so so powerful. I've never like I I see a lot of dark demonic stuff when I'm when I'm doing energy healings, but this stuff these energies were thousands of years old. So coming through this karmic lineage, through this ancestral lineage, there was this energy that was coming coming down through the, the, the male ancestral line. And it was creating a lot of sexual abuse within that uh, family lineage. And this person that I was working on, I could, they actually showed me the soul contract in, in, um, in the session that he stepped up for that trauma to essentially stop with him. Mm. But he had to go through the experience of that karmic energy being passed on to him, go through his own abuse and then have his own child and never pass it on to the kid. So that means that that child then can create a new generation where that energy doesn't exist anymore. But when I was working on him, I remember pulling these energies out of his back and mum was, the only way I can describe it, it looked like, do you ever see Stranger Things? Yeah. 
it actually and but you could actually hear the noises of what those things sound like in stranger things outside i could hear them and these energies belonged to the whatever these were and i remember pulling out the, the female and when i'm working obviously there's a lot of helpers in the room there's a lot of angels and they're pulling these things out with me and i thought i was finished and i tuned back in and then there was the male one which was the big dominant one and like i could actually smell in the room like it was like i could smell old so that's they were just mm. giving me that like these things are these things are ancient they're, they're thousands of years old and these were pulled out of the person but these these were ancestral karmas that i had seen but i've also seen in sessions with people who were trying to create a business venture that it was just getting absolutely nowhere they were taking it was taking years for a situation just for a contract to be signed and when they came in to see me i never do these sessions together but i, I was basically told by spirit you need to hand back the mother's uh, karma and the father's karma today because they're blocking this person's path and when we handed them back she was laying on the bed she actually could see all the ancestors come into the room they were all thanking her and this took over two years for this deal to get done for her and two weeks later it was done as soon as those energies was lifted it's like the chains were released and unlocked mm -hmm. But the karmic, the karmic ancestral stuff is very, very interesting. So obviously the soul has its own unique karma that it creates in previous lifetimes that it commits to resolve. And then you've got this ancestral stuff that can be passed down through the lineage. And the whole idea is so we can spiritually evolve through this energy. And that's the whole, obviously, the point of us being here is just about spiritual evolution. Does it sound like absolutely exhausting work? <laughs> like, give us yeah. a bloody break, right? <laughs> But I want to hone back in like it's so fascinating and I know you and I probably write we could write a book alone on the, the amazing experiences that we have mm. seen as healers but also that we've been able to support our 100%. gorgeous community with as well but so I know you touched on and I want to just hone in on it there when you mentioned like the darker energies I actually I and this is just my fear of the d word I'm not going to say it's going to say darker energies <laughs> but I remember when I started doing this work I was mm. in London, I lived in London for eight years and I was there at the time. And I, I know I mentioned to you before that I have seen angels my whole life. That's just, I've been able to do since I was a kid. And um, I've always connected with lighter energy, lighter frequencies, you know. And one of my things is I have to make sure I ground before I tune into people because I can raise vibrations very quickly. So I'm mm. all about the raising vibrations, okay? And I know you are too, but we just do it in very different ways. But mm -hmm. I remember when I was in um, doing a one-on-one -on -one session in a treatment in London, I felt a very dark energy in the room. And I was like, hell no, this is not the work I want to do. And I remember saying to my angels and my guides, if you allow that energy into my room again, I'm stopping this altogether. And that was my boundary that I set with spirit. Because I was like, this mm -hmm. is not my path. I'm not going to this side. I'm staying in the light. So how do you not get afraid or like, do you not find that fear of working with clearing that energy? Does it not ever scare you or fear you or? So in, in the beginning, it actually did. So when I was working with a shame and he was telling me all about this, that it's like whatever fears you have, you're going to have to face them because you're, you're going to essentially work in the dark. Like if you want to work in the light, you're going to work in the dark as well. And um, so I was like, fair enough. But I had my own experiences, like let me share them. Yeah, go on, if you feel comfy. Yeah. And so of course, if my, anyone feels uncomfortable, you can skip ahead. We will be talking a lot of light too. <laughs> so, but, but these experiences were, um, so did you ever see that lady that's in the conjurer and the nun? Yeah, yeah. Valak, I think her name is. She actually really exists. And she's a real, a real entity of herself. And she um, 
she has a role a role within this dimension of earth and that's to keep people asleep through fear she doesn't want people waking up so she's essentially assigned that role and i knew this because he was at the sharing this information with me but when i was in bed one night and this this was last year or actually the year before when i was only getting into this deep healing work i had found out that i could do this work myself as a healer and I was in bed and I also noticed that year I kind of drank, I still drank a couple of times, didn't drink to excess or hadn't got a problem with it. I just, I would just go for a drink on the Saturday night and on the Sunday, anytime I drank, I was getting spiritually attacked on the Sunday because my, obviously my vibration, my energy body was really, really low. Mm. And then long story short, I woke up during the middle of the night and she was at the end of the bed with her hands wrapped around my ankle, but my body, it's like she was pulling my energy body out of my physical body, but my body was the opposite way. And I remember looking at her and I just got a really, I got a friend, I called in the Archangel straight away. I called in Archangel Michael. And as soon as I called him in two times, I was going out to the tour ring, she was gone, she let go. Mm. But I woke up the next morning and I, there was a pain around my ankle. It was like, I was like, what? I, I thought it was a dream at some point. I was like, that had to be a nightmare. But I could feel the pain. And that was just to let me know that was a real experience. And then I had this thing where I was going to be downstairs one night and it's going to be locking up. And... I always had this thing where I knock off the light, something's going to present itself to me in the darkness and it's going to scare me. So I'd always have my phone light on. But one of the nights I had, I ended up having, uh, it was like it was sleep paralysis. And this was a few months after being spiritually attacked by horror. But when I had the sleep paralysis, I do remember it was the exact same situation. I was downstairs, my, uh, this, thing, this thing confronted me. I was in a just complete darkness, couldn't see anything. And I could just feel it breathing at me and it threw me across the room. Now again, this didn't really happen, but it's what I was seeing. I was being mm. tested. And while I was being tested, I remember getting up off the ground and put my hands out to it and literally going at it myself. I didn't call Archangel Michael and I confronted it. And once you confront them, they never really come at you again. But I had another experience with her where she came in again, didn't call Archangel Michael in. I put my hands out. Okay, I became conscious of what was going on. I was like, I'm being attacked. So I overcame her. So when I'm doing the work that I'm doing, I don't really have those fears anymore. Like I've, I've, it's not that I faced all my fears, but I've definitely faced fears, like those sort of fears with those demonic entities. But I have done sessions where I could be doing a group healing and I've actually seen the ancestors, all the Native Americans, take a step back and they say, today you're going to learn. Today you're on your own. We're here with you, but you need to learn how to dance with these energies. And you would see a demonic energy come out with somebody that would be thousands of years old and it would actually look like a nun as well. And it would go to latch on to me and I'd have to protect myself, put my hands up and I'd actually have to do something with it. Like I'd have to transcend that energy into the light, transmute it. And that's what I would do. And I would thank it and love it. And I would just, and I literally would annihilate it because it doesn't want to hear those things. You know, it's so interesting because I would normally never, I always shy away from these conversations, but I actually feel really comforted listening to you. And I feel like it's really powerful. I feel you're so protected. You're so protected and so protected by light. And mm. as you said, and I think it's, you just hit the nail on the head there. These darker energies, they, and I, I always say this in their shadow self as well, it just wants to be loved. They just yeah. want to be loved and turn into light. So there really is nothing to fear. And it's interesting as well, you said something and I just realized, and I can't believe I haven't caught this, but my whole life, I was always afraid of the dark, even till like mm. recently, right? And I'd walk around the house and I'd be like, angels. And I literally would be like, angels get there quick, like keep me safe. And I'd <laughs> always say it all the time. But since mm. I have been pregnant, I haven't said that once. I've just realized mm. like I'd always have a nightlight in the bathroom, you know, going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. 
and it's battered and gone for months and I haven't even noticed until you said when that there you, now. When did you say you realised that you had this other energy associated with your energy? Oh, a few years ago. But she's pure light okay. though. She's, she's no, light now. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. No, that's, no, I was wondering, was not, that, not that it's got to do with her, I was wondering, is it that you feel a protection recently because you're, you're pregnant now and that, that, that there's an energy there? But what's interesting is though is that is when you do so I, I was journeying one day and I and I was it was bizarre because I was putting I was laying in bed but I was journeying and it was me putting petrol or fuel into a car and I gets in and there was a demonic entity sitting in the passenger seat and I looked at it I was like what do you want and he says wherever you go I go as long as you work in the light I'll always be one step behind and I was like do you want to put your seatbelt on he says no I don't need it but you do and then I and I just drove off. And we just drove off together, like the polarity and the duality of life. Like I'm the light, he's the dark. But as long as I work in this field of light and I'm healing people and doing what I'm doing, I'm always going to be dancing with those energies. But I just got I got I felt really comfortable with it. Like there's it, to me it's 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 as normal as putting on toasts these days. Like it doesn't it doesn't phase me. I've mm -hmm. seen entities and healings try to latch onto me, try to grab a hold of me. And I've seen my wolf or an eagle come in and just grab a hold of them and just pull them out. But I just feel protected. I know I know I am protected. It's so beautiful. And it, you know what? It's really nice and really refreshing to hear this because I know a lot of people can really be afraid and triggered by the conversation we're having now. But it's really you're putting such a gorgeous light into it. Mm. And as you said, it is the duality of life. I personally just this is for my comfort and I think it's okay to remind our listeners of that mm. as well <laughs> for comfort I would say shadow I wouldn't say demonic because that yeah. word has an association from my upbringing right you know queer mm. catholic church etc but I would say a shadow energy and that brings more comfort to me and we all have the shadow and light within us all um, mm -hmm. I'd love to talk about how did you get into all this by the way have you been seeing from a young age as well or how did this kind of come into your reality so this all began for me two years ago when I went through a breakup. I was in a really dark place at that time. I was studying childhood trauma. Are you familiar with Gabor Mate? Yeah, not too much though. I was doing his course, Compassionate Inquiry. Like, while I was doing care for the elderly, I was always, like, even on night shifts, I'd see myself on stage doing events, speaking. I didn't know ever, I didn't really know what I was going to be talking about. I could just see it or I was being shown one or the other. But I always knew I wanted to work with people. But at the same time, the reason I realized I wanted to work with people upon reflection was, was that I was in such a dark place myself. I was doing a lot of mind work. I was reading a lot of books. I was meditating and I was doing all those things, but I was still very trick or happy in relationships. I wasn't the best partner to be. I wasn't the best father. I was still going out doing drinking drugs. And this was always going to be on my path. So I was always going to do this work. And long story short, I went through a breakup that really triggered all the childhood wounds that I was trying to ignore and that I was trying to escape from. And long story short, I went to see a shaman. And then when I went to see him, everything changed because me and him had a really long conversation. I told him about the work that I do. And he told me he got into another area of work that I had no idea of, the energies of trauma. So he says, you have you, you understand the mind and the body, but he says there's energies, bodies, and there's astral bodies. Mm -hmm. And there's other dimensions of uh, energies that you have absolutely no idea of that really affect people. So with him, I was learning a lot. I worked with him for a full year. Uh, two of us became friends. He taught me a lot of about this work, but that's exactly where I got it from. I was working with himself and then through my own through my own healings. And when I, when he was doing healings on me, I would always journey. I'd always go back to another lifetime when I was in Native America. The very first one I ever got to see was 
was when he put his hands on my head and one of these hands were so powerful. I just seen my hands, but they were Native American hands. They were big brown hands and they were underneath a waterfall, like just a gentle waterfall. And I just had my hands underneath it. And I turned around and I could see this this family and this lineage that I was a part of. And then in another healing, it shows me going through all these lifetimes where I'm like putting on makeup. I'm putting on like, as in like, they're not, I'm a man, but I'm putting on the makeup from that that time. The tribal and it basically, Exactly. And it's, it's essentially showing me that you've had many lifetimes as a Native American healer as a, and as a South American. So that's exactly how it, and that's how I ended up in this is I went to see a shaman. Wow, that's amazing. I definitely have had Native American connections as well because it just fascinates me. <laughs> There's always like a peak and an interest there. But I do want to circle back to something you said a second ago. You spoke about you were doing a lot of external searching, right? So you were doing a lot of, and this comes up so much for so many of my listeners as well, that they, you know, when you want to improve, when you want to grow, when you want to grow intuitively and feel like the best version of you, we can a lot of the time look externally for the answers. Like, like that's whether that's listening to this podcast right for example whether that's mm. reading some self-help books etc you know but what would you say or how could you guide you know someone today that wants to feel that empowerment or wants to feel the best version of themselves and perhaps they have been doing all the external work as in looking mm. and researching outside of themselves what can you say as a starting tool to get us to look within ourselves for these beautiful answers of empowerment well, it's interesting because the only place you're actually going to find it is within yourself. You're never, ever going to find it out there. So when, when, when anyone feels anything, you don't feel it outside of you. You feel it within you. But some of the some of the deepest parts of ourselves and look and actually looking them within sometimes is just too painful. So we will look like a lot of people can get caught in doing, doing the meditations, doing the workshops, doing the retreats, doing this and that. They're doing, doing, doing. And they don't do a lot of integration. And that's having to be with the self, to connect with the self. And the reason they don't like doing that is because it's very painful. But in order for me to answer that question, I kind of have to go into how I see trauma. So you could have somebody who goes through a childhood where there wasn't a lot of emotional love. Their parents weren't really there for them. They didn't connect with them the way that child needed. They weren't really seen or validated or heard or recognized. Therefore, that child's going to develop into an adult with a very low sense of self, very low self-worth a very negative self-image and it's going to find try and find in the world some sort of validation and love which is an illusion and the only thing that creates is more insecurities because you believe sometimes in relationships that this person's going to fulfill me then you realize they can't they don't or the money's going to fulfill me or the job or whatever it is that's trying to look for external validation somewhere but when i tune into people's energies and this is this is why and this isn't to put put down certain therapies like obviously within this spiritual journey that we're all on somebody could go to a talk therapist and that would be enough for them that's all they need to do in this life and then there's people who go and do a bit of reiki or do a bit of the work you do and there's people who go see shamans it's all got to do with the person's spiritual development yeah. so my work is not for every single person they don't need to go that deep some people do mm-hmm. a lot of the clients that i do get are clients who have exhausted therapies they've exhausted talk therapy somatic work reiki a lot of other energies uh, energy healers and they feel that they st- they're still in trauma, they're still, they're still triggered, they still feel like there's anxieties there, there's depression there, and they just feel that they have a very, there's just a, this self-loading. And when I was working with that shame, he was explaining this to me, that you cannot talk about trauma and heal trauma. He says trauma is an energy that's not only in your mind and body, but it's also in the energy and astral bodies. Now, I never heard of an astral body until I was working with the shame, and I've seen, I, I know you can take a photograph and you can actually see an energy body, but an astral body, when I began to see astral bodies when I got done healings, 
within every person, there's these interdimensional spaces. And into that inter interdimensional space, that's where the trauma also resides. And it's a fairly dark, dense energy. It looks, it just looks black. And in there, you can have all those other energies, like the entities and the shadows, how you refer to them. They exist in those realms. Mm -hmm. So when people are trying to become the best version of themselves and um, and what they're trying is not, not doing it for them, like meditating or going on retreats or journaling or whatever it is, there's a possibility they need to go deeper. They need to get into those. They need someone to access those interdimensional spaces to remove those traumas. Mm -hmm. But when I remove the trauma from people, you're also removing the trigger for people. So clients who come to see me, what would have triggered them no longer as a wound because it's being resolved. The energy has been taken out and pure potential energy has replaced it. So people, like I said, like, so for me, my rejection wounds are gone. My insecurities, the abandonment wounds, a lot of that was done when I was working with the shaman and they would be the exact same sort of healings that I would do on my clients. Mm. Not sure if that's fully answering the question. No, you are. You are. And I can see that. I actually see them as, as clouds of smoke, a cloud of smoke over people as well. So that's how I see. And that's what I clear. Mm. But again, that's that's, as you said, normal for you and your, you know, it's normal for you to see certain things. And that's normal for me. It's like the cloud of smoke. And I usually hear yeah. clients to visualize that with me to help shift mm. that vibration as well. But what could we do? Like, is there any technique that you could maybe it's it's kind of homework, if you will, for your clients after you've had a session or maybe to support that? To support that clearing is there anything that you could recommend well i do i have to give them aftercare um so when clients come through the process they can experience some basic things like it can be like headaches because healings can dehydrate you but also i also suggest them to go for a sea swim or have a salt bath within the, within the next three days because when i'm doing the work a layer of energy has been removed mm. and it's like peeling back the onion layer you're getting to the root whatever trauma or, or energy that is underneath that will start to present itself to the person. And when that presents itself, memories can actually start to present themselves of things that they have completely blocked out. But they can also start to feel like I've got clients who have never tried their best for decades not to feel an emotion, suppressed everything. And now I'll, I'll check in with them like two or three days later, how are you getting on, how are you feeling? And they'll say, I'm angry. And I have no idea why. There's nothing in my life that would give reason for me to feel how I feel. <laughs> what you're feeling is what's inside you're feeling what you've never felt and that's and i have to help people navigate through that process but things i would also say to them is just to journal to meditate to get out in nature they do those sort of things which people a lot of people overlook like i know they're very basic and we hear about them all the time but they're so powerful they will bring more fruition to your life than sitting on your phone watching tv and i know you kind of need to do those things as well you can't be always doing something you need a little bit of town time just to escape but when I'm working with people, when it comes to my process, I have to support them and guide them. Like there's a lot in it that I have to do, especially when people are going through the process. If they're in an unhealthy relationship, like a lot of relationships break down. A lot of my clients go through divorces. They live careers because they've ended up in these situations because they were very insecure. They had no self-love and they were looking for that within this person because of the codependency. So when you start removing those wounds, they end up becoming very boundaried. They end up connecting to themselves. And it's not that this person becomes disposable. But you begin to make choices of love instead of fear. Mm. And I navigate people with that. I I love that. And I think it's really important what you said as well, because I know I've had many conversations when people have had like Reiki or Rahani or healings or shamanism, whatever. And mm. uh, they it can bring up a lot. And it's it's meant to bring up, it's meant to create change. Oh, and I always I always say to, you know, my clients when they're with me, especially if I've done a clearing. 
that old memories will come through. Things that you haven't thought about in years, they're going to come up. But what's happening that I see, my interpretation, is I've unlatched the lock, if you will, on these memories. And what they're doing is they're coming up to the surface to be released. So I always say to my clients, when these are coming up and coming through, let them pass through you. I don't want you to latch on and go down the rabbit hole of you following the thought. I want you to let them pass. I, as mm. I always say, don't let these become an episode of EastEnders where you're going down the drama <laughs> route. I want them to really mm. pass through you, but recognize them and go, you know what? Thank you for allowing this to pass. And it's yeah, just absolutely. so beautiful. I think what you said there is just to honor the change, honor these old sensations, these old traumas or old experiences. As we honor them, we can let them go. And as you honor them, you're actually loving them. And I think that's such yeah. a beautiful way to bring back to the light. Something you something that's just coming through as I'm as I'm listening to you there is when we do grow and change, when we are, mm-hmm. we know that we've done so much work on ourselves. We know we've put in so much time and so much effort. We know that we've done so much and we know that we've healed, we've done put a lot of effort into it. Mm. How or what could you say to someone that may be experiencing their family still seeing them as a certain light or putting them in a box and not necessarily feeling or seeing or witnessing them as who they are now? Because this comes up quite a lot. And I just feel some people Mm. can really struggle with (laughs) feeling put into a box and people not witnessing who they are now. So if a person has done a lot of healing on themselves and they're still judging their family as they are, then they haven't done a lot of healing on those wounds on a really deep level. Do the way around. So what I'm asking is the other way around. So say I've oh. done, say for example, I've done the healing and I feel yeah. so empowered. But it's mm. like when I, and this is not my reality by the way, but I'm just giving an example. But <laughs> yeah. when imagine I go home to my parents or my brother or whatever, and mm. they're they're not seeing that growth, they're putting me in a box and kind of you know okay, feel yeah. their energy pulling me back mm. or pulling me down. How what could you do if someone was feeling that that they're still being judged or witnessed as who they once were rather than who they are so what i always say to people and again i can only really refer to the process that i use when i'm working with clients and this is something that clients face so much it's nearly every client goes through this experience i kind of have to touch on like in the beginning of a process clients are changing and they're feeling the big shifts and the inner child is still looking for that validation and acceptance from the parents say and it'll go home and the client will tell their parent about how good they're feeling, how amazing. And the parent is looking at them literally through the eyes of their own trauma and their filter of unhappiness. And they will see the child as they are, as in as the parent is, not as the, as the adult that's actually changing. One of the things I say to clients is that if you're ever going to tell a family member or someone really close to you about how you're evolving and feeling good about yourself, do not give it to them at the contract that they must accept it and receive it and, ch- and cheerleader you on the way you would like. Because there's a possibility your lightness is going to trigger their darkness. They may not want to hear what you have to say. They may not be interested. And to make sure that your own opinion of you is stronger than their, their opinion, opinion of you. Mm. And that's where the self-love comes in and that's where the boundaries come in. A lot of people, when they work with me, in the beginning, distance themselves from their families because they find, again, don't you, you obviously understand this, your family are the people that you've created soul contracts with. You've created this life with it and created a blueprint with these individuals. And they have served their purpose perfectly for the first half of your life or the first quarter. With the trauma you've experienced, all the different karmic connections and sure relationships with them, you you create this identity that's not really truly who you are. 
Mm. And if they haven't done any work on themselves, they're going to still hold that self-image that they have of you locked in from many years ago. So like my family have absolutely no idea really of what I do. And I was to sit in their presence. I remember being in a, around family a while ago and they actually said to me, why, why are you talking like that? Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> and I just remember thinking at this moment, I'm just myself. And I just didn't entertain it. I would just, I wouldn't really get into it. But at the same time, I always say to people, if you're going to tell anyone anything valuable, which is your healing journey and how good you're feeling. And if you're looking for any sort of, like, I always say to clients, uh, this client would say, like, you know, no matter what I tell my mom, like, she just never, can never be happy for me. And I says, why are you telling her? I was like, what are you really saying? You're really saying to your mom, so you're still saying to her, see me, please see me, man. Please yeah. validate me. Please accept me. I says, I goes, I guarantee you by the end of this process, you will not need that from your mom because you'll begin to see and love yourself. And when you get to that place, you don't need anyone to validate you or to, to cheerleader you on. It's nice for people to say nice things, but it's not a need. If it's a need, then there's an insecurity within the energy. Mm. There's a, a phrase that Tony Robbins, you know, Tony Robbins? He's my uncle. There's a phrase that... <laughs> there's a phrase that he says he's mine too there's a phrase that he says and he says where there's blame there has to be love where there's love there has to be blame mm. and I think that even and I know this comes up it came up actually a couple of times this week in my one-to-one sessions where it was like the, the feeling criticized by a parent or feeling criticized by a family member or even a partner and mm. as you said it's like when we can blame that person we have to thank that person as well because that person's actually going it's it is triggering us for a reason it's triggering us to be like hang on a minute as you said why do i why am i seeking validation from that person i need to mm-hmm. actually use this as an activation for myself to really truly love and embody myself and Absolutely. as you said then that will no longer be a trigger mm-hmm. or cause a trigger and you won't even notice it and it is true i've had to do a lot of that work myself and it's like things that once triggered me in my early 20s wouldn't even but I wouldn't even bat an eyelid now in my yeah. later thirties. <laughs> <laughs> no, and hundred percent, you're spot on what you're saying. I'm just trying to think something else just come in there. Um, it is. It, it's 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 really like, and I I actually would say this to clients when they're around family members and they're assured and just how they're getting on in life, and the family member says something back to the person that kind of belittles their progress and and what this person is trying to convey and like, you know, trying to look for that validation. I would say, what came up for you when they said what they said? Uh, made me feel really sad, felt really angry. I was like, where did you feel it? And I'd say, they say in the chest or in the, uh, in, or in my stomach. And I'll say to them, how old did you feel in that moment? And they were mm-hmm. like, I felt like I was five. So that's because the five-year-old in herself was still holding on to trauma. We haven't got to that yet. But when we clear it, you can be around those people and you'll just be in the, you'll just, it's almost like what Randa says. Yeah, essentially you're in a family dynamic it's chaotic but it's all perfect it's only to the human ego that we're judging it and we're disallowing it and you know we, we don't like it we're not accepting it but what i do say to clients is is um exactly what you were saying everybody's a teacher in your life mm. everyone is teaching you what you're still holding on to so if i if and don't forget sometimes this can be very confusing is it i'm asking you this question so you're around a family member and just say you're feeling a specific way Sometimes it can kind of be a test from the universe where a person will say something to you and it hurts you and offends you. Is that a projection of their insecurities and their wounds or is it something that you've attracted into your life to look at? Oh, well, it, could, it depends on the situation, really. It's very hard to answer that. It depends on who it is. Very hard to answer. <laughs> it depends yeah, on if you ask me about certain people, I'm like, wow, it's definitely them. <laughs> <laughs> but it depends on who it is. 
And I think, do you know what? You've hit the nail on the head here. I actually did a little technique. Uh, I'd love to know how old I was when I did this. I was definitely in my twenties anyway. And I remember sitting in my garden. This is a continuation of what you just said, by the way, kind of answering it. But I did, um, I went into a little meditation and I remember my guides um, asking me to go back to meet my soul family, right? The people who were in my life. And this is, mm. I've chosen my husband and his family and my family I was born into, right? So this is the collective here. And mm-hmm. what they asked me to do, and you know, anyone listen, you can do this too. You can do this by just getting a pen and paper is going through intuitively in your heart, in your mind and looking at each individual person and asking, what is the mirror here? Like, what are they here to show me? What are they here mm-hmm. to do? How, how can I support them? How are they supporting me? How are they a catalyst for change? And who is the catalyst for change? And I remember going through each and every person and I was like, oh, the energy that was coming in was spot on. Even who mm-hmm. is the light? Who are the people that spark joy in me? And my brother yeah. is that. Like he he drives me mental, but it's funny. Like an, I hope mm-hmm. he's missing that because I'd never admit it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he drives me mental on purpose, right? But mm-hmm. I enjoy that. That's fun, that's light. And then there's different people in my life who do trigger me. And I have to ground myself before I'm in their company. But that's not necessary. They're not a bad person. It's just that's the karmic connection that we have to better mm-hmm. ourselves. So it's hard to Absolutely. answer that question. Who is it? Is it, it is. a projector or it's very hard to I always, Like I, I really sat down with this one day and I remember bringing this to my clients. And as I sat there, I was thinking, well, if a lance and it's affecting you, it can be, so again, obviously that is down to perceptions. You know, you can use it as a tool, as a, as a teaching that if, if it creates some sort of emotional reaction within you, you can do an inquiry with that. Where's that coming from? And you can, and it's not to say like, so this isn't to give warrant for people to stay, say in abusive relationships and to use this, pe- this person as a teacher to teach you what you're still holding on to. Mm. The situation is dangerous and it's abusive. You know, I'd recommend, recommend leaving it. But there are certain people in your life, like family members, if you're beginning a healing process, you're going through a healing process that will still trigger you. They can still pull you in. A certain people who, who really know you and, and really see you but they don't really know the true you because yet they haven't figured out who they truly are themselves. But you can use these people as catalysts, you know, and I will say to people, if people say to me, when I'm working on the coming through my process, you know, I, I, um, I still want to spend time with my mom and dad and I feel guilty that I, that I find them intolerable now. Like I can't listen to my mom complain the way I used to be able to listen to her. She's mm-hmm. so heavy. And I was like, well, then what, what's your problem? They'll say, I feel bad when I leave. I said, well, okay, so who are you hurting when you, if you stay? Like, I'm hurting myself. So I was like, well, then don't emotionally hurt yourself. Create a boundary for yourself. The boundary is, I have a cutoff point with my mom's energy or this person. It's 20 minutes. And that's all I can do. And then I leave. At least you're getting to have the visitation. You're keeping the connection alive. But you're also keeping your energy safe. And on that as well, that is not forever either. Like, that is not forever. And I think I asked about yeah. kind of being put in a box by your family. But we also have to remember not to put our family in a box. So I think mm. this is really important to remember that this feeling that you're feeling, it might be temporary and that temporary could be a year or 10 years, right? Who knows? But we have to allow the other person to grow and change as well. I'm not always associating with that box. And that was mm. a huge learning I had to undergo for my my family, you know, and I'm not, I'm talking extra, ex, like extended family here, but I had to, if I want to be seen out of the box, I need to be open and loving and not judge people in who they once were. Because we all grow and evolve every single day and our frequencies might not match today, 
but it doesn't necessarily mm. mean they won't match in a year or two years down the line. So we have to be open and fluid for that change. But as you said, it's having the respect and boundaries for yourself where you're at now and then see where that goes without being restricting, restrictive on yourself. But well, see the box that you mentioned, like a lot of people who would find themselves being judged and being placed in the box for the family are usually the ones who have awoken to the black sheep of the family. And that's 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 what you've signed up for is to be the black sheep, to be the ancestral or the generational breaker. Like that's who you have, that's who you are. And it is to say what you say, like you know, is to get into your heart and thank them. I saw this really funny meme on TikTok the other day where you learn everything these days, right? On Absolutely. <laughs> and I saw this meme, it was like, I am not the black sheep. And then I saw this picture of this unicorn with loads of glitter and rainbow all over it. And the person who's ascended <laughs> and grown and created change. <laughs> so we are all our little unicorns and the black sheep. Before we go, because I could talk to you for hours, um, I want to just touch on soul retrieval. What is that for anyone who we haven't touched on that yet? What is that? So from what I learned, again, from the shaman I worked with, he went through first that it's not a lot of shamans. Like everyone has their own way of doing soul retrievals. But when a person goes through trauma from this lifetime and other lifetimes, parts of the soul will splinter off. And I've seen, actually seen this in healings where, you, so one of the traumas this person would have experienced would have been, um, it could have been like a sister being scalded. And the soul, literally a part of the soul, sort of say splinters off and it stood on the stairs separate to the human body and looked at the event. And I wanted nothing got to do with that energy. Mm. Because when the person sees that, obviously adrenaline and cortisol gets pumped through a lot of trauma and stress into the body. And that becomes part of that soul signature energy. So when I'm doing a soul retrieval, what I'm doing is, is calling back all parts of the soul that have splinted off as a result of trauma from this lifetime and other lifetimes. And how they show it to me, and I'm sure all shamans see it very differently. Some shamans have to journey to find these parts of the soul. Where when I began doing it at the beginning, I would actually see this is how it, this how it was this is how it looks. So you have to use your imagination. It's almost like I've seen the person laying on the bed, but I'm seeing them in energy form. And it's like I'm seeing a soul, but it's a silhouette of a, of a human. Obviously, that's not what the soul can can look like. But it was almost like those parts of the puzzle was missing. And you would see an energy come into the room that would fit this part of the soul. And it would literally align with it. And when I'm doing the healing and I'm doing the soul retrieval, you'd see all these energies fill in all these cracks and gaps within this energy that's laying in front of me. And within the soul retrieval, though, was remember doing this one, it was very interesting. This guy was laying there and he had his hands out. And as he was and as these souls were coming into the room, these are from other lifetimes. One like put a pen in his hand. And it was, he was a writer. One was a boxing glove. He was a fighter in another life. And he had all these other lifetimes from these souls that are, had literally splintered off and never integrated with the energy. Mm. And they were all coming into the room and becoming 100% part of who he truly is. And that's all wisdom and innate guidance that he can actually tap into because it's he's re-emerged those energies together. I love that. I love that so much. And thank you for the description as well. I'm very visual, so it's so nice having that and it's like you're just putting mm. the pieces back together you're putting the pieces back yeah. together so we can be that glittery rainbow as i just spoke about a second ago <laughs> but, but why why does spirit not allow us to do in the spiritual realm why does it not why does it not allow us after a life of trauma or horrific abuse in the hill up there you know why well why do you have the answer to that yeah oh go on hit us with it what's the answer to that there'd be no growth you wouldn't spiritually evolve you can only well, really yeah. You'd go up there, you'd go through a life of madness, 
and they, they completely heal you up there, you wouldn't, there'd be nothing to come back to heal you. You wouldn't have to work on any karmic thing from the person who abused you. So we come back to earth plane to do our healing. Always about ascension. Ascension, ascension, ascension. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been absolutely gorgeous. I'm going to pop in your details under the show notes so people can get in touch with you, connect you with you much. if they feel called to any or all of your work. I know you do workshops as well, not just one-to-ones. And mm-hmm. keep doing what you're doing. And thank you so much for having the courage and the strength and the bravery to work both in shadow and light because I think it's so, so needed. And I really enjoyed our conversation today. Um, I think it's such a beautiful outlook to what you do and i know we've shared things about like i said the shadow that once can be fearful but you've made it seem so loving and wholesome and i think if you can take i'm taking away from today and um, even mm. more so that you know when you love the shadow it really becomes light and i think that's even that's... what on an angelic kind of uh, teaching that i teach that is mm. what archangel michael does that is what in rahani energy healing we work on the um the pink uh, or sorry the purple violet and and um Oh my God, why can I say it? It's, I teach this. I can't even say the words. It's the violet, the violet, gold, and silver flame. Jeez, that was not coming out. But we work on this frequency to transmute energy. Mm-hmm. And it's just all you and I are doing is we're just saying mm-hmm. it in a different way. So we are here to raise vibrations. And I know every single person listening today, we're all here to do the same work because you wouldn't be drawn to Absolutely. you and I in that. So thank you for having the courage to do what you do. And it's amazing. And I can't wait to meet but- you in person soon. Likewise, Sinead, thank you very much for having me and it's been a pleasure and thank you to everyone listening. Thank you so much for listening to the Sinead Dehora podcast. I hope you enjoy the insight and wisdom that came through today. Perhaps you learned something about yourself and I'm so excited for you to discover even more. If you want to tune in to more episodes, please subscribe. And if you want to find more out about this particular episode or any guest speaker that we've had on the show or will have on the show, you can find out more on www.sineadahora.com. And of course, you're welcome to submit a question or maybe a topic that you'd like me to cover. Remember, this podcast is for you. See you next week.